Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Right now, called Disciple. I know, I know, I know. It's not the most creative title we've ever had. It will get better, I promise. Uh, but we're in this series called Disciple, and we've been talking kind of from, from, from this premise that Jesus actually is not primarily interested in you being a believer. I, I believe in Jesus. That is awesome. Way to go. You happen, though, to be amongst a big, large crowd because James 2 9 says that's awesome, but even the demons believe in Jesus. Even the demons believe and tremble at the name of Jesus. So that's cool that you believe. That's awesome. Step number one, you're a believer. But Jesus has called you and I to be disciples. If you're a note taker or a scripture rememberer, uh, you could write down or remember Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Remember the Great Commission. He didn't say, go to all the world and get people to believe. I was going to quote an old John Mayer song. Show of hands, how many of you even know who John Mayer is? Okay, okay, okay. This is embarrassing. Um, I feel like he's way more relevant and way more uh, cool than obviously he is. Um, so never mind. Scratch the John Mayer reference. But it's like Jesus isn't, he's not, he didn't go, ahead, go get believers. He said, go and make disciples. We've been talking about the definition of a disciple. That's, that's awesome that you believe. I'm so proud of you. That's step one, but let's keep going. The definition of a disciple is a committed, devoted student and follower of the teachings and the teacher. A disciple is a lifelong learner who is committed to follow and imitate and emulate the teacher that is Jesus and the teachings that is God's word. That's a disciple. And the Bible goes, I'm not really interested in your, your belief. That's amazing. But even the demons believe I'm looking for disciples. Those who have said, no, I, I, I know who you are. You are the son of the living God. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And so I will follow you. When talking about how the discipleship really, it, it requires following. Talk about the first week that Jesus said, if anybody wants to be a disciple, that's rad. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That, that the, the key to being a disciple is realizing I have to die to myself. I got to say no to me. I got to put aside my dreams, my ambition, my hopes of one day being an astronaut, even though that's maybe what God would call you to do. I got to say my plan's cool, but God, your plan is where I want to be. We talked about this the first week, that it's not going, that's it. I will have no aspiration, but it's simply yielding your aspiration to God. Jesus modeled this. This is why he goes, take up your cross. He's modeling for us. Um, by show of hands, how many of you think Jesus was super pumped about dying on the cross? Like, no, he wasn't. That was for hours. He, he, he literally was sweating blood going, God, I don't want to do this. I do not want to be brutally murdered. And if there's any other way, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. You, you want to follow me, Jesus said. He said, well, deny yourself, take up your cross, and then just follow. give me your whole heart and follow me, and I will give to you what nothing and no one else can that is life to the full, the fulfillment and the joy that actually all of us are, are looking for. We, we're all different, but we're, we're all the same. 
we're all so different, but we're all the same in that all of us are looking for the same thing and it's what only Jesus can give. Tonight, what I wanna talk about is I wanna talk about tonight um, how to get, how, how to receive, how to experience a relationship with Jesus as a disciple, as a follower of his, that is continually fresh, new, continually something that you're excited and passionate about instead of just some boring old thing that is cool sometimes, but honestly, I'm, I'm just trying to like make it to the day. I want you to go to Mark chapter two. We're gonna read kind of a weird passage. Mark chapter two, starting in verse 21, reading two whole verses tonight. It's kind of an odd passage, kind of weird, but I will explain it to you as we, we go along. Um, Jesus is talking, he says this, he's talking to a group of religious leaders and he says, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts the wineskins and the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined too. But new wine, someone say new wine, New wine must, 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 must be put into new wineskins. Now, let me give you a little bit of context. Um, Jesus isn't really talking about wine, and he's not really talking about Levi's. Not talking about, not talking about, about, about denim. What, what he's talking about is, is the good news, the gospel. See, he's talking to these religious leaders, and they are super angry Anybody ever been really mad before? Like you just, I want to punch a hole in the wall. Um, I, I wanted to punch a hole in the wall recently. And my first thought after I want to punch the hole in the wall was, but then I have to fix it. Never mind. Um, I'm not good at drywall. But th th they're very angry because Jesus is not following the law. Hey, the law says you should be fasting today and you're not fasting. Jesus, the law says your disciples should be doing X, Y, and Z, and they're not. Jesus, the law says the Sabbath is a big deal, and you are, and, and they're, they're very upset. And what Jesus is helping them to point, helping them to see is he came to bring something new. He came to bring something fresh. He, he came to bring something that not only was it new, not only was it fresh, but it was something that would continually be new and fresh, and that is this new covenant, the fact that we don't relate to God anymore by rules, regulations, or tradition. We relate to God based on the finished work of Jesus. And, and this isn't just a one-time message to be received, but and I'm giving you a lot of context, but it, it's gonna be helpful, I promise. But, but when, when we receive the gospel, we, when we give our life to Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus also, he's given us his, his Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this would be like a spring or a well that is continually bubbling up. It's there, there, there's a flow to it. Life and relationship with Jesus should be something that is continually fresh, and exciting, and, and a, a renewal of new things that God is continually showing us and speaking to us and, and doing in our life. Why does he use the illustration of Jeans and wine. Well, culturally speaking, water wasn't really available like it is today. Just quick shout out real quick, um, because I'm, I'm a little bougie like this. Do you have a favorite water you like to drink? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, here, here's the main question. Um, and, and feel free to just yell at me real quick. 
Do you have a water you will not drink? Anybody? Dasani? What? Florida water? Okay, sorry, Florida. What? No, Lake Wiley for show. Like, just drink Lake Wiley water. This, this, this has to stop, people. This has to stop. But water has to stop. Okay, so we got Dizani, Lake, Lake, Lake Wiley, Florida, and any other b- bottles you do not like. Aquafina. I will not drink Evian. Is it Evian? Evian? What is it? Evans? I, it, it tastes like I, I won't drink it. They didn't have water like we have. That's my point. So wine, or some was alcoholic, some was not alcoholic, but wine was what most people drank. And what wine does is when you first make it, it begins to ferment and expand. Here, here's the picture, and you got to catch this picture, and then we're going to move on quickly. Jesus said, listen, an old wineskin or container, I'm like looking for an example. Let's pretend like this. Oh, I don't want to mess with that. I'll just, oh, here we go. He goes, an old, an old wineskin or container, it's already set in place. It's already expanded when the wine expanded it, and now it cannot expand anymore. So because it's set in place, someone says set in place. Because it's set in place, if you put new wine in that thing, it'll explode. The wine will begin to expand in, as, as it ferments, and it'll literally bust, break, explode the wine skin, and now you don't have any Welch's grape juice and you don't have a container anymore. He said, therefore, new or fresh wine, a fresh thing that I want to do, it must be put into a new way of thinking, a new way. Did did you know that the reason a lot of times we stop experiencing a fresh, a new, an exciting, a progressive relationship with God is because we are unwilling to change our thinking or to change our living. And our life has become set in place. And Jesus goes, that's, that's not going to work, actually. That a new thing requires a new, a new way of thinking, a new way of living. You can't be set in place and expect God to keep doing fresh and new things. I'm going to write this down. The title of the sermon tonight uh, is simply this, Stuck in My Ways. Stuck in my, in, in my ways. Is there anything, speaking of, of uh, food, speaking of, of drink, anything that, like, food-wise, you just will not eat? Anything? Like, okay, pickles is one. Someone else? Cauliflower? Cauliflower? I'm, I'm kind of there. I'm borderline. Sweet, sweet potatoes? Really? Wow. Uh, yeah, Jade in the back. What is it? Tomatoes. Bro, I love tomatoes. I could eat tomatoes like, like apples. I love tomatoes. Um, onions? Uh, what about like any, any seafood dislikers in the house? Uh, my father-in-law, Jenny's dad, it's like, we know what a father-in-law is, Brandon, move on. Uh, Jenny's dad, he loves raw oysters. Have you had a raw oyster? If you've ever picked your nose and eaten it, you've had a raw raw oyster. (laughs) Same experience. It is disgusting. And uh, every single year we go to uh, we go to Florida with Jenny's family. They've been going to Daytona Beach for 40 years. It's like the family tradition. I'm married into it. And there's a place called the Oyster Pub. Every year we're going there at least two times. And every single year, Jenny's dad is like, Brandon, you got to try these oysters. And I'm like, nope. 
I will, I will never put a raw oyster in this mouth ever again unless someone is threatening my life or my, my, my family's life. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not into it. Um, anybody, you have a food, you have something that you're just like, you used to like it, but now you don't like it because you've had it too much, anybody? I remember growing up, uh, d- does your mom do this by the way? We, like growing up, we had a rotation of food and we had the same meals every single week. Does your mom do this? It's like, you know, we, we got five. Mom, you learned how to make five meals. And that is Taco Tuesday. And that is the five meals we are going to eat. And maybe we'll get pizza on the, the other nights. Um, my, my mom, uh, she, she makes these chicken tacos. Like, they're not really super impressive, um, but people really like them. And I used to really like my mom's chicken tacos. Like, the recipe's not impressive. Once I learned how to make it, I'm like, oh, never mind. This isn't impressive anymore. Um, but, like, people really like her chicken tacos. And I grew up loving my mom's chicken tacos. And then I just got sick of it. Like, this, I'm just, I'm so, this is, to this day, Jenny tried to make it one time. And I'm like, nah, I'm not eating that. I'm, I'm over the, but, but I remember kind of being, I don't know, a little bit jealous, if you will. Um, when, when Jenny and I first started dating last week, if you weren't here, I told you about our, our, our love story. It was really romantic. Um, but, uh, but I remember when we first started dating, she came over and, and she was like, whoa, these chicken tacos are insane. And I can remember being a little bit jealous, like, I used to really enjoy this meal and now I hate it. I wish I was experiencing the same amount of enjoyment that you're experiencing because I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over this, this meal. I, I don't know about you, but I felt like that with, with God before. Have, have you ever, in the rhetorical, you don't have to answer, but have you ever been, I don't know, maybe secretly a little, a little bit jealous of, of, of how passionate people are for God because you wish you were, but you're not? You ever been maybe a little secretly jealous of people who are like always giving these crazy revelations? Man, God said this to me and you're like, that's amazing. But on the inside, you're thinking, I, 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 I wish that I could hear God speak to me like that. I, I grew up in church. Many of you know I'm a pastor's kid. And um, somewhere along the way, I just kind of be, became like over church. And, and, and bored because it just got, it got stale. It got repetitive. It got, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I know the routine. We go on Wednesdays and Sundays and we're going to do worship. And you clap at the first song. You raise your hands in the second one. The third one gets really intense. The bridge, you got to look constipated. And you're like, God, I give you everything. And then they preach a sermon. Like, I, 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 I'm just, I'm over it. And, and I can remember having moments where I had friends and people around me that were so passionate, like God is doing so much. And I was, well, I was kind of apathetic because I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of over the whole thing. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. My, my first thought and my first observation from this passage we read is this, that, that God actually wants to do something new. Can, can I ask you, when's the last time, when is the last time you were passionate about Jesus? I don't just mean that, you, that you're like, yeah, like, I, like, I, I'm, I, I love God. When's the last time that you were just filled with passion and excitement because of something that Jesus was doing in your life? When, when, when's the last time that you were literally bubbling on the inside of like, I just, I gotta tell somebody what God, when's the last time you, you felt like God was speaking to you in a fresh way? When's the last time that you can, you can recount and you can recall that you, you could actively, man, God is doing something in my, God's doing something in my life right now. 
If you're like me, you, you've maybe had moments like that, but you've had seasons where it just kind of felt, just kind of feels dry. Jesus comes in, and what he indicates in this passage is, I, I'm doing something new. I, I want to do something that is fresh. However, you can write this down, second thought tonight. Change, change is required. Change is required. What, 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 what do you mean change, Brandon? Well, I don't just mean like be, behavioral change. Anybody before someone like even says something, you, like if you've ever done this with your parents before, they're about to tell you something and, and you already know what they're going to say and so you kind of tune them out. This has ever happened before? It's like, the, like, I know mom, you say the same thing. Like my, my kids are young, but Evelyn, she's six, she's already doing this to me. Like we had this really cute, fun game, which I'm a little frustrated. That it's, it's like it's already disappearing where I go, hey, Evelyn, guess what? She'd go, what? I'd go, I love you. I love you too. And the other day, I'm a, I'm a right to bear arms and spank our kids. I'm, I'm, I'm a discipline. I said, hey, Evelyn, guess what? And she goes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you love me. <laughs> well, not right now I don't. Like, come on. But. But sometimes we, we can hear like, all right, guys, 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 okay, God wants to do something fresh, but listen, 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 change is required. And, and because we've been in church maybe a long time, we can fill in the blank and you're like, I know, I know, I know, I know, change is required. I know, Brandon, you're going to tell me I need to be more disciplined, spending my time with God. I haven't been reading my Bible lately. I need to wake up at a certain time and I, I know I shouldn't be doing this. And, and we just fill in the blanks. But, but can I tell you, that's not actually the change that's required, at least at first. The change is required. It always starts with our, with our thinking. It starts with our, with our mindset. It starts with our perspective. It starts with, with how we are, are thinking and viewing in because your thinking is everything. Did you know that? Like, did you know your whole life, it is lived from your thinking? How you perceive and view and think about life, it dictates the way you live your, your life. Um, Kimberly, if you want, you could come like play um, just because I, I, P.S., I really want us to end tonight by just, we're going to sing a song. We're going to respond to God. And um, Kimberly, I, I'm, it's a good thing we love Kimberly. The nerve. I, I texted Kimberly, this is a soft topic, but I texted Kimberly. I'm like, hey, Kimberly, uh, do you think that this week we could end with a song? And she said, it depends. Are you going to stop talking or are you going to end your sermon on time? I'm like, how dare you, Kimberly? We go along because you sing. I'm just kidding. Uh, she was right, though. Uh, but if you could play, that would help me end on time so we can sing a song. Um, G- Gary Jones walked in uh, t- tonight and he said, Brandon, how are you doing? I said, bro, I'm doing great. I'm having the best week ever. And then he got all technically he's like better when your, kid, than your, when your kids were born. And I'm like, let's not go there, Garrett. Um, just geez. So I'm having the best week ever. Do you know I'm having the best week ever? Um, be, because God changed my thinking on, on, on Monday. All right, personal story time. Please do not allow this to alarm you. I've actually been pretty miserable for the last two years. That's kind of dramatic. I know it's like, you've been pretty miserable. Like we should, we should stop the sermon and pray for you. Well, let me, let me explain. I, um, I've, 
I've loved what God has called me to do as being a pastor and being a leader and I, I would never do anything else, but, but I've just been kind of miserable doing it and I'll tell you why. I had two people uh, two years ago separately and two, two people came and, and they said this separately. They said, Brandon, I want to encourage you with something. I love encouragement, sweet. Like, is it that I have a good haircut? I want to encourage something. They said, you're really going to grow and you're really going to flourish when you leave this church. Okay. Wow, that was less encouraging than I thought it was going to be. Okay, thank you. And to, to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about it. Have you ever had someone say something to you, something that, 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 that sinks in, and, um, and you kind of forget about it, but it never leaves you? You, you? you could have asked me two weeks ago, hey, do you remember this? And I probably would have been like, um, maybe. But two people individually said, Brandon, you're going to grow. You're going to flourish. I want to encourage you. Your, your best days are ahead as soon as you're not at this church anymore. And I didn't realize that, that I let that sink in and that became a truth. Again, remember we're talking about what we're talking about, thinking. And, and all of a sudden I, 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 I developed this mindset where, where I was kind of always looking over the back of my shoulder like, like, I, like I, love, I love my church, I love what I get to do as a pastor and a leader, but oh man, I, I, re- like I want to do well though. And I, I, I do want to grow and I do want to flourish and I do want to be all that God's called me to be. I, what, what do I do with that? And for two years, I've been trapped. And on Monday morning, 2.45 a.m., that's not my humble brag, like, wow, you're up early with the Lord. No, we have a new puppy. His name is Murphy. He's super cute. But he's kind of the worst that he has to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And so I'm, I'm up with Murphy, let him go to the bathroom, and I couldn't go back to sleep. Just couldn't sleep. And so I decided I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm just going to just read, read my Bible. And I read Mark chapter 2. Put it back on the screen, Brad. I read Mark chapter 2. Just minding, I'm minding my own flipping business. I'm enjoying a cup of coffee, 2.45 in the morning. I'm not bothering anybody. And I read Mark chapter 2, and I read, No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old. The tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine, but new wine, but new wine, but new wine, but new wine. It must be put into new. And, and like almost like God was in there, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, do you know why I haven't really been able to do anything new or fresh in your life in two years? Do you know why in the last two years, why you've just felt kind of miserable and kind of dry? Do you know why in the last two years, why you've just kind of felt like you were, like you were stuck? Because you've been stuck right here. Because you allowed a lie to sink into your heart. It framed your whole, your whole perspective. And even though you know that God's called you to be where you are, even though you know God's called you to do what you're supposed to be doing, you, you, you're always looking over your shoulder wondering, I wonder if there's something better. And, and do, do you know what I've, what I've believed for two years? I, for two years, have believed, like, this is cool, but I'm not going to grow. I'm not really going to flourish. I'm not really going to, because I'm 
because some idiots say that kind of jokingly because some well-intended people wanted to encourage me. If you're taking notes, jot, jot this down, just third, third thought tonight. And it's this, that you have to reject the lie and you have to receive the truth. Can, can I just, big question tonight. Are there any lies that you have taken and made truth in your heart that are currently like an old, dry, crusty, immovable wineskin just set in place in your heart? Are, are, are there any ways of thinking? Are, 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 are there any ways of, of viewing people or life or the world or God? Are, are there any, I don't know, maybe maybe habits, any patterns, any, any lifestyles that, that it's like, I, I don't know why, but somewhere I just let this set in. Because can I tell you that God desires to do something new and something fresh in your life. God has more in store for your life than you've given him credit. God has a plan. He has a purpose. God wants to speak to you. God, God wants your relationship with him to be exciting and exhilarating. Something that every day you're like, oh, I, I'm, I can't wait to, sh to share. I can't wait to talk to somebody about what God is doing. If that's not how you feel, can I tell you that you're missing? You're, you're missing this, this new thing that God said. I want, I want to do a new thing. I want to do a new thing. There, there's a passage in Isaiah. Um, I, I don't remember where it's at, but, but God said, behold, I will do a new thing. Someone say new thing. Behold, I want to do a new thing. And this is what he said. He said, and I will make rivers in the, in the desert and roads in the wilderness. What, what does that mean? It means even where you're like, nah, I just, I don't think God could really do something new because you don't, he goes, where it's dry, you don't think water can can live I will I'll send water to that place where you think there's this wilderness that it's not even somewhere where people can inhabit I'll make a road right there I will do what only I can do so I can do a new thing I, I, I believe tonight there are maybe like me there are those of us in here that you have have some lies just that's just not that's just not true some things that maybe well-intended people have told you can I, can I tell you, these people, I called them idiots. I shouldn't have done that. God, forgive me. Thank you. Just don't judge me. Um, but they were well in, they, they were well intended. I don't think th these people meant, meant harm. I don't think that these were bad people. I just think these were people that, that had loose lips. Can, can, this is the... Side trip. This is the danger of sharing your opinion and not being led by the Holy Spirit. Man, words sink in. Words can can imprison people. Well-intended people sharing their opinion. Brandon, Pastor Brandon, one of them was like, "I just I love it when you preach. I love your ministry. You're, you're, I I just believe that you're you're going to flourish when you're well-intended." There's some of you in here that teachers, parents, friends, loved ones, well-intended people with good intention have have maybe said things, maybe spoken things over you. Maybe giving you thoughts, giving you ideas that it's not the truth. And let, yet it frames your whole way of thinking. I'll read you two more scriptures and we're going to close right here. Um, John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32, listen to this. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, 
if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Brad is so amazing. Brad put this word in the corner of the screen so we could easily make the connection that he's talking to people who want to be disciples. He goes, hey, bro, if, if you will abide, if you'll live, if you'll, if you'll give yourself to my word, you, you'll be my disciple. Why? Because I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to show you the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to I'm I'm expose things. I'm going to correct things. He goes, if you will abide in my word, you're my disciples. And listen, and you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. Someone say truth. And the truth will make you free. What is it that is going on back here? What is, what is happening? There's... Should I answer the phone? No, I won't answer the phone. Hello? Hey. No, I'm just kidding. It's not really the phone. Um, it, was, it was an alarm. Um, what, what is it that, 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 that made me free on, on, on Monday morning? What is it that literally broke a stronghold, a, a thing that was whole? It was the truth of God's word. Jesus goes, if you abide in my word, my word abides in you truth of my word will set you free. Free from what? Free from mindsets and mentalities and patterns and things that have you bound that are not actually true. Romans 12, 2, Paul, Paul writes, and do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing, by the renew. Be transformed by renewing your mind so you know what, what God's will is. Last thing I'm going to put on the screen and we're, I'm going to pray for you, but um, I, I, I just wrote this down. And I, I think it's, I gave it to Brad, but you can tell this in your notes. Lies, they open the door to demons. We're, we're, we're in this series as a whole church talking about being free and being set free. And first week, Pastor will preach this message. The reality is that demons are real. And can I tell you that lies, words that have been spoken to you or over you that are not true, they are, they're, they're, they may sound good, maybe they're well-intended, but just, it opens the door to the enemy in your life. God wants to do a new thing. God wants to do a fresh thing in your life, and it starts with, with change. God, please change my thinking. God, please expose in my heart, in my mind, things that aren't true, things that, I'm, that are shaping my current worldview and perspective that have me bound I want to be free. I don't want to, I don't want to live like this. I, I want to have a new and a fresh. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.